is from the book of Psalm, chapter 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Chris, for reading our scripture lesson this morning. And thanks again to the choir for the beautiful anthem that switched up before us. Let's do such a wonderful job. As we have heard the reading of God's word, now let us ask God's leading of his Holy Spirit upon us. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the word that reminds us of your love for us, your direction for our life. They are truly the words of life. So as we now contemplate and we open our hearts and minds to the meaning of its, this word for our lives today, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be at work among us, be at work through me and helping me to proclaim your word, be at work through our minds and our hearts to receive your word, to be shaped and transformed in the people you call us to be. As we pray in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Well, there's a social media term that's being used today to describe the disillusion of relationships. Maybe it's a term you've heard before. It's it's the term uh, called ghosted or ghosting. Uh, There's actually a a show about it on MTV entitled Ghosted, Love Gone Missing. (laughs) And uh, ghosted uh, happens when a person simply cuts off communication with someone who has been their friend or who has been they're in a relationship with. Uh, Oftentimes, I think most times it happens in romantic relationships, uh, one person loses interest in another and um, instead of just saying to them, hey, I don't think we need to be seeing each other anymore, they just um, kind of go silent. They, they, they don't take your calls anymore. They don't respond to your texts. They don't reply to your emails. They just treat you as if you're not even there anymore, like you're a ghost. Hence the term, uh, ghosted. There's actually a modified version that's become very popular in today's society on social media, and it's the term called soft ghosting. That's where they don't completely disappear. They just almost disappear. <laughs> uh, they, they disengage and distance themselves from you. Uh, for example, you send a message to them on social media and they reply to you with an emoji like a smiley face. And technically, they have replied, but they've done so in the most passive, non-engaging way possible. Or you, you call them and they don't answer your call. But they do respond to your voicemail that you leave with a text saying, I'm sorry, I was busy, Uh, I'll call you later, but they never call you back. (laughs) Have you ever been soft ghosted before by anybody? (laughs) Have that experience? Ghosting applies to all relationships. They reply to our dating relationships. They reply to friendships. They reply to um, business uh, relationships. There's no official break in the communication. There's just silence. And the reason I bring that term up to you this morning is because I think in a very similar way, sometimes we are guilty of ghosting God, or at least soft ghosting God. Uh, Throughout our lives, God has tried to reach out to us. God desires to be in relationship with us. And so God lavishes us with his grace and his mercy and his love and more blessings than we ever deserve. He promises that he will always be there for us. And yet we often respond with just a casual nod and we let his calls go to the voicemail and we never respond. Several years ago, 
a well-known theologian, Hans Kung, uh, wrote a 702-page volume on being a Christian. And this was really to, to talk about every detail of the Christian life. The problem is, there was not one chapter, not even one mention or index entry on the subject of prayer. I mean, how can you be a Christian? How can you live the Christian life without prayer? And, and it was very interesting that no one would even caught it until it, the book hit the bookstores. And then people began to criticize him on this. And he, he said that he deeply regretted uh, the oversight. But he said he was so stressed in order to get, meet the publisher's deadline that he simply forgot about adding in prayer. Now, before we jump on that bandwagon of criticizing uh, Kung's omission on prayer, I think we need to ask ourselves the question, does that sound familiar? Have we been guilty of omitting or neglecting prayer in our lives? Have we ever been guilty of saying to God, I'm sorry, God, that I haven't responded or I haven't talked to you in such a long time. I've just been so busy. I think we've all experienced that. There are days, sometimes even weeks, that prayer gets overlooked. It's not like we're overtly turning our back on God. We're just sort of soft-ghosting God. And on the flip side of this, there are times when we wonder if we're not the ones being ghosted. That maybe God is ghosting us. Because there's times when we have called out to God and it just seems like God doesn't respond. There's times when we've looked for answers and they don't fit in our timeline. We just don't get the answers we need. At times when it seems as if God isn't paying attention to us, not responding at all, as if God is ghosting us. Teresa Bavaria once said, All difficulties in prayer can be traced to one cause, praying as if God were absent. Because the truth is, God is not absent. God is not ghosting us. God is always right there, as close as the air that we can breathe every day. God is willing and eager to listen to our prayers. Today we're in the third week of a series that we're entitling Back to the Basics. We're focusing on the the basic uh, fundamentals of the Christian life. Because no matter how or where we find ourselves on our journey of the Christian walk, uh, we never outgrow the need for these basic fundamental steps to Christian living. Last week we talked about the role that Scripture plays in our daily lives. And today we're going to be focusing on the spiritual discipline of prayer. And I think these two disciplines really go hand in hand. And when it comes to prayer, I think if we're being honest, there is a considerable gap between prayer in theory and prayer in action, right? Uh, we, we know a lot more about prayer than we actually put into practice. So today's message is aimed at how we might take steps to, to not only narrow that gap, but to eliminate it altogether. Uh, according to the Barna research, the problem is not that we don't pray. In fact, research shows that 84% of Americans pray at least once a week. I have to admit, I was kind of surprised at that. I said, wow, that's, that's great. Way to go. We need to, we need to keep on doing that. But I think we need to, to, to amp that up a little bit. You know, praying once a week is great, but um, praying like I'm going to be challenging you to pray today is so much better. 
Today we're going to be looking at developing a kind of a back-to-the-basics approach to prayer. And I'm going to be sharing with you five practices of prayer that can really close that gap between prayer in theory and prayer in practice. I truly believe that if we'll put into practice these fundamental basic steps of prayer, that uh, we can discover a whole new connection with God and our relationship. Now, I'll tell you up front, uh, none of these, what I'm going to be sharing with you is probably anything new to you. Uh, you've heard these things before, uh, but today I'm going to challenge you to take these practices of prayer from the I know all about that file and put them into the I'm doing this every day file. That's the strategy. Uh, five strategies to help our prayer life come alive and to experience a deeper relationship with God on a daily basis. That's the goal. Let's get started. The first, the first uh, strategy to prayer is make it a scheduled appointment. I mean, just like you would do when you have an important meeting with someone. I'm talking about setting aside a time and a place. Uh, make an appointment. Put it in your daily day planner and your, or in your, on your phone. But you're scheduling an appointment and you're keeping that appointment every day to spend time with God in prayer. I have to confess that for a long time, I didn't do this. And for a long time, I really approached uh, daily devotions and Bible time in God's Word or prayer. Just, I would say, I'll just be flexible. You know? I'll just uh, find the most convenient time when i got time during the day because who knows what the day's going to bring or what tomorrow's going to bring. And so I really didn't schedule a, a time for God. I knew that I needed to spend time with God daily in prayer. But it was just kind of left to how the day Happened, you know, or when I, when I can fit it in the best. The problem with that is that often I would get to 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon or 9 or 10 o'clock at night, and the most convenient time had never come. And I discovered that I was giving my leftovers of my time to God. I, I was falling asleep in the middle of my prayer at night, trying to fit it in before I went to bed, or I was neglecting prayer altogether. Um, I don't think I'm the only one that experienced that. At least I hope I'm not. <laughs> uh, I think we've all experienced that to some degree. And, and I, yet, when I made that simple discipline <coughs> of scheduling a time with God every day, it became so much easier to keep that consistent. Last week, I encouraged you to begin your day with a morning devotional. Uh, today, I'm, adding, I'm asking you to add that discipline of prayer with that. In so doing, we will actually be following the example of Jesus. For you read in Mark's Gospel how very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. In Luke's Gospel, we read Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. So Jesus modeled this for us. And I'm suggesting that you make prayer a daily priority. Uh, by scheduling an appointment to meet with God every day to do a morning devotional where you spend time in God's Word and you pray. Now, when it comes to doing a daily devotional or spending time in prayer, I'll often have people ask the question, well, how long should I spend doing a daily devotional or spending time in prayer every day? Uh, if you grew up in church, you probably heard stories about these great saints that spent hours a day praying to God and when you hear those stories, they often make us feel very inadequate and very guilty because we can't imagine spending hours every day uh, praying on our knees to God. Uh, we, we often sing that hymn, Sweet Hour of Prayer. 
But I think if we're honest with ourselves, we should be singing sweet minute of prayer, right? Because <laughs> that's more of a reality for us. How long should we spend time in prayer? How long should we spend time in the morning devotional? Uh, the short and simple answer of that is you spend as much time as you can reasonably afford to do so. You start where you can, and then you just build upon that. A good target, I think, is uh, to start with 30 minutes that you can carve out of the, the morning or day. There's 30 minutes where you spend half of that time in God's Word and half of that time in prayer. And if you can't figure, fit in 30 minutes, you start with five minutes in, uh, spending in God's Word and five minutes in prayer. The point is you start where you can. In this case, there's really no such thing as a bad beginning. You just strive to develop a habit, and in time you'll determine what works best for you. But the important thing is you spend time with God. You make spending time with God a priority by scheduling that appointment, making an appointment every day to pray. All right, that takes us to the next prayer habit that I'm encouraging you to pick up, and that is to make it an all-inclusive list. An all-inclusive list. When it comes to prayer, I often hear people say, uh, I really don't know what to pray for. I don't know uh, what to say when I pray. Uh, often our prayers just end up being nothing more than supplication. That means our conversation with God is nothing more than asking God for things or telling God what we need. And there's so much more to prayer than simply that. I mean, if you were to spend all your time with your best friend uh, saying nothing except what you want from them or what you need from them, uh, I think they would probably be ghosting you pretty, pretty soon. <laughs> I mean, if that's all that you did. Well, it's the same way with God. Uh, just like your friends, God wants to hear about every aspect of your life. Uh, and when it comes to making our prayers all-inclusive, I'm going to share with you a couple of quick models that you can use as guidelines um, to help keep prayer to not be all about you. And one of these is the ACTS model. It's A-C-T-S model. Some of you may have heard this before. Uh, it is uh, where you form your prayer structure around the acronyms A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. So supplication is last after you do all those other things. It helps you to keep your prayer focus <clears throat> not just about you. Or when you begin to pray for others, you can use the finger model of prayer. You may have heard this before. Uh, when you pray, your thumb is the closest to you, so you pray for those that are closest to you. You begin with your thumb, and you pray the next finger is your pointer finger, which you pray for those who um, give direction to your life, maybe teachers and counselors or parents. You pray for those who uh, give direction to your life, and your middle finger is <clears throat> above everybody else, so you begin to pray for those who are in authority over you, uh, you know, like your leaders and other people. And then your next finger is what we call the weakest finger in our hands, and that's where you pray for those who are weak and those who are sick and in need. And then the last finger is the smallest finger, and that represents you. It, you. Then at that point, you pray for you and your needs. So when you pray for others, this is just a, a little model you can use that's always handy when you're praying. So when you begin your prayer time every morning, you, been, you begin with a time of adoration and praise of God, and then you confess the things that need to be confessed to God, and then you do what the Apostle Paul says in the letter to Philippians, where he says, do not worry about everything, anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So we pray about everything. Our prayers are to be all-inclusive. Whatever is going on in your life at that time, you make it a matter of prayer. And that includes your kids, 
your jobs, your parents' health, your health. It includes your financial needs. It includes uh, your friends who are having difficult times of something, challenges. It includes your neighbors who may not know the Lord, and, and on and on the list goes. Just remember, a dynamic prayer life doesn't have to begin with a perfect form or structure. A dynamic prayer life begins just simply by talking with God all about what's in your heart. So we strive to make our prayer life uh, all-inclusive or everything about us. Okay, here's the third habit I want to encourage you to pick up, and that is to make it an ongoing conversation. Make prayer an ongoing conversation. I think for some people this is one of the most difficult habits to begin, but it's very easy once you get into the rhythm of doing it. The Apostle Paul said, pray without ceasing. We've all heard that, but how do, we, how do you do that? <laughs> uh, we got so much else going on in our lives. How do you do that? Well, you do it by keeping God in your thoughts throughout the whole day. And you do that by talking to Him whenever and wherever you can. Uh, it's a way of keeping God in your thoughts every day. Even if it's a single sentence that you're uttering uh, throughout the day, it's just a way of keeping God in, in your thoughts and you're carrying on a conversation with Him throughout the day. You can also create triggers that help you to um, uh, set aside time to pray for others or to pray for certain things. I, I, I actually uh, have several triggers in my own life. Uh, for example, when I visit with someone, uh, like hospital or the nursing homes, or if I'm about to enter into a meeting, it's become my rhythm to, to pray for that person before I visit, to ask God to help me with what I'm, I'm going to say at that meeting and lead me for the meeting or pray for the meeting. Uh, when I'm in my car, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm driving around and I'm, I'm, I'm praying for the things that, of the day that happened to me. But even prior to that, what I do is I, I have a shower tag in my shower that reminds me to begin my day with prayer and uh, pray for the things that are going on. I, I, I made the, created the habit of when I wake up before I get out of bed, because often I'll forget to do other things once I get up or get uh, into other things, but I'll just say, good morning, God, and thank him for the gift of the day. So say when, I, when you drive, when you get out of bed, uh, you, you create these bullet kind of prayers throughout the day, and it's a way of keeping God in your thoughts and just keeping in conversation all throughout the day. I think an example of this kind of prayer that I'm talking about comes uh, from, from uh, Nehemiah. Nehemiah was uh, a Jewish slave in the Babylonian exile, and he was assigned as being the cupbearer for the king during that time. And one day the king came to him and asked him a question. And so Nehemiah, he didn't want to say something wrong in front of the king, so he writes these words. He says, The king said to me, What is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and then I answered the king. I think that's the model that I'm uh, describing here for us. With each activity during the day, with every conversation we have, uh, every problem that you're going to face, every sales call you make, every, every meeting that you have, you pray to the God of heaven before you say or do whatever it is you're going to say or do. And you keep that conversation going. So when Paul says pray without ceasing, he's not talking about getting down on your knees and praying 24 hours a day. He's talking about an ongoing conversation with God throughout the day, one thought, one sentence, one prayer at a time, all throughout the day. All right, here's a fourth habit of prayer that I want to lift up to you. Make it a special occasion. Make it a special occasion. 
If you're married, maybe there's been a time when you've said to your spouse, hey, you know, we just need to get away together to spend some time with one another. Or maybe you said to your family, uh, our, our family, we need to take a weekend trip and just focus on being a family with one another. Those special occasions are great for, for marriages, for families, for, for uh, even church groups. You know, we, we take those kind of times together and for friendships. In the same way, there are going to come those times when you just feel like, I really need to spend some special time alone with God. Remember, we're talking about cultivating and maintaining a relationship with God here. So whenever you can, try to make time to do this. Maybe you've got an evening where you really don't have anything special going on. And so just focus on spending that time with God. You know, get in your favorite recliner, your favorite chair, and turn on some worship music and just, just spend time with God. And you don't have to talk the whole time that you're spending time with God. That's, a, that's a, I think, a misunderstanding about prayer. We just think we've always got to be talking. A lot of prayer is just listening, just spending time listening to what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to your heart. I often do this when I'm driving or when I'm out in nature uh, and outdoors. And I remember how the Gospel of Luke says, During those days, Jesus went out to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer with God. So when you're burdened with something, when you're facing a major decision and you need direction, when you just feel that you need a deeper connection with God, set aside a special time. To just be in God's presence, it's amazing the difference that that can make to your life and to your spiritual journey. Finally, here's the fifth prayer habit I want you to develop, and that is to make it a team effort, a team effort. Another Barna survey that came out indicates that most Americans pray silently and in solitude by themselves. I would suppose that's probably true for most of us here. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's something about praying with others that brings about a dynamic to your prayer life that you just can't experience on your own. Uh, When you pray with one another, when you pray for one another, your prayers just seem to take on more power. Uh, On one occasion, Jesus said, Truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. There's just something about praying together that enhances the experience of God's power and God's presence. That's why every time we worship together, we have a moment where we pray together. That's why we encourage you when you're in your Sunday school classes and your Bible studies and your meetings and small groups or whatever it is you're, you're meeting together as Christians that you spend time to pray. We pray before meetings and after, and, and prayer is an integral part of that. It's why we encourage you to seek out others and groups that you can pray with on a regular basis, if not daily, at least once a week. If you're married, you should be praying together. You should be praying together as a family. Now, I know that makes some of us uncomfortable. We don't feel, most people are very afraid to pray in front of others. I often ask families, do they pray? And they're like, oh, we can't, nobody wants to do that in the family or, or couples. But, you know, praying with one another 
is so important. And I, I, I get tickled here at church every time we have a meeting. We ask the preacher to pray, you know, right? Because everybody's uncomfortable praying. But you know, preachers like to be prayed for and prayed with as well, huh? Um, though most of our prayers are often in solitude and by ourselves, there's just something that can't substitute for praying with others. I think it's an important part of our spiritual growth. For we read in the book of James, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. There's great power in praying together. So today I'm encouraging you to get back to the basics of the Christian life by immersing yourself in prayer. And when we have the vows of the church, we ask people, will you do these things? And the very first thing we say is, will you support this church through your prayers? Your prayers. By scheduling a devotional time every morning, that's one of the ways we can immerse ourselves in prayer. By maintaining an ongoing conversation every day with God. By making time for those special occasions of prayer when we need to reconnect with God. And by seeking out opportunities to pray with one another. I think we all realize that life can get so busy that we neglect our time of prayer. Or prayer just gets put on the back burner or maybe it's put aside altogether. We've all been guilty of ghosting or soft ghosting God. But if we will follow these very simple steps and these practices of prayer that we've outlined here today, I think we can close that gap between prayer in theory and prayer in practice. I think our, our verse for this morning really sums up what prayer is all about. It's a very simple phrase from the book of Psalms. Be still and know that I am God. That's the real goal of prayer, to be still. It's that we spend our time focusing on God by being still, immersing ourselves in prayer, listening as well as talking to God. If your relationship with God is not all that it used to be or all that it should be, then maybe it's time that you get back to the basics, the basics of being still and spending time in prayer with God daily, conversation all day long. That's the invitation for us this day. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we confess that Often we have ghosted you in our daily living. We get so busy and so caught up in life that we don't make you a priority and neglect time just spent in your presence being still. Forgive us, God. We know that you long for us to be in a deeper relationship with you on a daily basis, that you want to walk alongside of us and carry us through difficult times. You want to rejoice with us when we experience great moments in life. You want to spend every moment with us. Help us, God, to incorporate those ways in our life that we can truly make this life's journey with you every day. That is where we find great joy, comfort, strength, peace. So we commit ourselves today, God, to that journey of prayer with you daily. I pray a blessing upon each person who seeks to put these practices into their daily life, that you encounter them and you come to them in special ways, that they encounter an enhanced relationship with you, profoundly impacting their life. This I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.